Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Today we'll be talking to Aaron Osborne about the new Masters in Classical Education that Hillsdale will begin offering in the fall. We'll also be talking to Claire Godet about why C.S. Lewis should be on the Liberty Walk alongside statues such as George Washington and Ronald Reagan. Uh, then we'll be talking to Carly Moran about two freshman girls who have started their own bakery business on campus. And finally, we'll be talking to Jake Pjornak, who is the president and founder of the Medical Awareness Network, a new club on campus dedicated to providing support for students with chronic illnesses. With me today is Erin Osborne, a collegiate freelancer, and she's going to tell me a little bit about the new classical education master's program that is going to begin in the fall. Hello. All right. So tell me a little bit about this master's program. So Hillsdale College presently offers a classical education minor. There is no major uh, program of study for it. What the classical education master's program is primarily aimed at is towards advancing the level of education of existing teachers or teachers that have been teaching for a few years already. And so with that in mind, the master's program is has a few tracks. Obviously, one of those is going to be continuing your studies and classroom protocol and pedagogy. There's also an emphasis on the liberal arts as a whole and why it matters. And thirdly, the key emphasis of this master's program and basically what makes it unique is its emphasis on leadership, whether it's through an administration position such as training students to be headmasters or um deans or whether it's simply for teachers that are going to take a higher role or a more involved role within their school. Who is involved in the making of this? So we have the chairman and professor of education, Dr. Daniel Copeland. He's sort of been heading up this program. And then also there are a number of teachers that already are within the classical education department faculty that will be teaching. Not to mention the fact that Dr. Diener, who is the headmaster of Hillsdale Academy and presently a lecturing professor at Hillsdale College, will be moving over to the college full time. And they're also going to be hiring at least one new teacher. Tell me a little bit about the classes that this will involve. Do you know any specifics about that? Absolutely. So the master's program is a two-year residential program. And the first year, all the students take essentially a common core. And one of those is a history of your classical education class. Another is like a philosophy of education class. And then the third main area of classes for the first year is known as humane letters. And that humane letters class is aimed at giving teachers an experience of a great books or classical style classroom so that they can learn things that they can apply to the, for their students. The second year that the master students are learning, they'll be taking more specialized courses, whether that's courses such as courses on the classical quadrivium and, and trivium or whether that's, again, some of those administrative courses and even there will be a few opportunities for teaching apprenticeships and um, some administrative apprenticeships as well. 
What kind of problems do classical schools or charter schools face today that this program is aimed at solving? So one of the biggest problems that we are seeing in classical education and specifically classical schools today is essentially leadership. It's very difficult and it takes a long time to train teachers for the specific model of education that is found in classical schools. And so what this program is hoping to do with this emphasis on the leadership track, with these administrative apprenticeships, and with some more specifically tailored courses, and obviously with the hiring of Dr. Diener to a full-time professor, he's been the administrator of Hillsdale Academy for several years as the headmaster. We're really hoping that this program will help the classical education teachers that already exist to learn how to step into that administrative role successfully and practically. Is there anything else that you really want to touch on it and ask about? Um, not necessarily. I would say that the classical education department has been growing recently, and there's also an early education department within that. Um, the One of the interesting things about this program is that it will be fully residential, and it'll be two years long. It, I said earlier that it was accredited in January, so it's fairly recent, but the first coming class will be arriving on campus in August, and they're hoping to have about 20 students per year. So that'll be a total of 40 at any given time. Is Hillsdale looking to hire any new people? Hillsdale is already taking Dr. Diener from Hillsdale Academy, and they're also going to have a few teachers within the education department already gear some of their classes towards the classical education master's program. And additionally, there's going to be a minimum of one new hire, and they're potentially going to continue to hire more professors as this program continues to expand. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. My pleasure. Thank you. The Collegian Week in Review continues. Here I have with me Claire Godet, the social media manager of the Collegian. Claire, tell us a little bit about your opinion um, about who should be the new person on the Liberty Walk. So uh, that question was actually asked of me in uh, Mr. Miller's advanced writing. Um, I immediately thought of C.S. Lewis because of a piece that I wrote for Culture last semester when the um, C.S. Lewis biopic was showing in town. Um so I knew he had some Hillsdale ties. I interviewed one of the actors from the movie, and he said that he is a visiting fellow with Hillsdale and was coming for the impending CCA, so I knew it was kind of time-sensitive. Um, and it just happened to line up kind of perfectly. The CCA was the next week. Um, I knew a lot about Lewis because of that movie and because of that piece, and I just couldn't think of anyone better. He's converted a lot of people, was in convert himself, and just has a really inspiring story. So what are those Hillsdale ties that C.S. Lewis has? So there are classes being taught both online and in person about him, and two in person this semester, actually, which cannot be said of a lot of other statues on the Liberty Walk. Um, the Inkling CCA is obviously a huge, um, more recent tie to Hillsdale, but he's also been brought up in CCAs before. Um there's just a lot of C.S. Lewis scholars around Hillsdale and who come to lecture at Hillsdale. What would you say some of the biggest things that C.S. Lewis talks about um, are that relate to Hillsdale? Um, well, he talks a lot about religion, obviously, 
especially in Narnia, but also in, in his separate apologetics. I think that with the current statues on the Liberty Walk, there's not really anyone that you can immediately identify with theology. And I think because that's one of the school's like core principles, and if you walk in any building on this campus, you'll hear at least five people talking about Jesus at any given time, that it would be a good testament to some stuff that's actually being talked about all the time at Hillsdale other than the Constitution. Thanks for coming on, Claire. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. I'm here with Carly Moran, a Collegian freelancer. How are you today, Carly? I'm doing really well. It's a bit cold, but besides that, life is good. Wonderful. I'm just going to ask you a few questions about the article you wrote about two freshmen starting a bakery on campus. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun because they're both my friends. So, you know, a lot of times the Collegian, I don't really get to talk to people that I know very well. So it's always a treat when I already um, know the people. It's a lot more fun. Does their bakery have a name? Yeah, so it's uh, Hillsdale Street Bakery, which makes sense since we all live in McIntyre and then the residence hall is right there and works out well. They just bake in the kitchen downstairs and... Whenever I leave for classes or anything like that, I usually see them there already. So it's just um, now it's a business. What kind of things do they make? Oh, all sorts of things. So personally, my favorite is the banana bread. Um, But they also make all sorts of other breads, like I think spiced bread and then even sandwich bread. And they have muffins. And then you can also make custom orders. So I haven't tried that yet, but um, I'm sure those are really good, too. What sparked the idea for them to come up with this bakery? Well, both of them already had businesses before the bakery. So Emily Hardy, she's from Alabama. She already has a sticker shop on Etsy. Um, A lot of them are like Harry Potter themed, I believe. Um, And then Kate has, who's from Indiana, um, she has on Instagram um, a card shop. So she makes little doodles on cards and she's got some Valentine's Day ones, I think. She especially focuses on holidays. Um, So they both really like to bake together. They're roommates. And I think from there, they just decided, well, we're making so many baked goods. We might as well make this into a business. We know how to run a business already. So let's do it. So as far as being Hillsdale students Mm -hmm. and also having a bakery, how do they plan to balance the two? You know, I remember when I was assigned this article Everyone was saying that in the office, like, how do they balance this? And they're still figuring that one out because um, as of this week, it's their second week of having the company. Um, But I know they've already been doing this just outside of a business. And um, what they have said is both of them, um, I think both of them have a class on Saturday. So they need to wake up anyways. So they just plan on waking up on Saturdays like it's a school morning Um, rather than sleeping for like 10 to 12 hours on the weekend. Um, And they just get orders throughout the week and do all of their baking Saturday morning. Do either of the girls have a background in baking or maybe a background in little businesses uh, besides the one you mentioned earlier? Um, That's a good question. I don't think there's any formal background. I do know that Kate's dad is a small business owner. Um, So she says she's really inspired by him. Um, But I think their story is a testament to how you don't really have to have 
um, too much formal experience or training to start a small business, especially while you're young. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Carly. All right. Thank you for having me. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. Here I have with me Jake Piornak, the founder and president of the Medical Awareness Network. Jake, tell me a little bit about um, how you got started with this club. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you know, I, uh, I suffer from autoimmune condition myself. I have Crohn's disease and I've had it for about nine years as of uh, last Christmas. And so um, I noticed... You know, I basically I've I've learned a lot from the condition and I've helped others with it, uh, even here on campus. And so I noticed there was no there was a there's a mental health club. There's Lighthouse. and They do a lot of great work, but there was no like physiological equivalent. There was nothing for people, you know, like myself who have like any kind of disease. It doesn't even have to be, you know, anything like Crohn specifically. It can be um, a variety of any other you know illnesses. And there was no similar sort of support group. I mean, there's the health center, which also does great work, but there's no like community for it and that's what I kind of sought to create and uh, yeah it was a long process it took a lot of time uh, to figure out exactly you know what was needed to be done to form a new club and so forth but all through the way I found a lot of good support and uh, approval from all the necessary you know members of the administration and otherwise and uh, was finally able to uh, to make it here. So when did you start on this process of forming the club? So I had ideas to form this club as of um, this past semester in the fall right so getting back um, and kind of thinking about it, you know, especially so I had just I had just gotten back from a uh, from a medical leave. Right. So I had I had left from uh, that spring 2020 semester when everyone left for COVID. I did not get back to campus uh, until last semester, until uh, the fall. Right. So I had just gotten out of that, just gotten out of that leave, just gone through a um, whole lot of uh, of stuff with my with regarding my disease and so forth. Um, and so when I, you know, getting back, that was like in the forefront of my mind. And this is when I kind of, I was at the, uh, I was at the source, right. And I was going through all the clubs and I was kind of noticed like, there's no, there's no club for this. There's no club for that would fit this kind of need or, or, or something where I could, you know, I, I more or less just wanted an easier way for me to be able to reach out and help people. You know, if somebody has a condition, most of the time, if you learn about these things from people, like, you know, they're very private about it and understandably. And it's like, you find out and then you can help them versus like, there's no place they can go if they feel helpless or, um, you know, if they're, if they're ailing from it or whatever the case. And so I, I had the idea, uh, right around then, right around, um, the time of the source in the fall. And then I started working towards setting it up soon after I had sent an email out to, uh, to the deans and to, um, Brock Lutz and to a few others, you know, to start talking about it. And I spoke with them and they gave me some ideas how to move forward. Um, I got a group of people together that might be interested. I built up a, just by word of mouth, like an email list of, um, a very, kind of different person that might be interested even if it wasn't like you know I got a lot of interest from um like uh pre-med students or students interested in like the medical field broadly because not you know even if they don't have a condition that they suffer from themselves they have an interest in you know um treating and curing those conditions if they can and so um there's a lot of interest from those students just to uh get like hands-on experience with people who actually suffer from suffer from the things that they might be treating uh after their after they finish their education so yeah, but it started around then, and it took about all of the semester to actually slowly figure out what steps to take, what had to be done. There's been a couple of meetings, just smaller ones, with the uh, with the people originally interested uh, to kind of figure things out with scheduling and so forth. But yeah, it took a while before figuring out, you know, exactly how to apply and and who to apply through, and what information was provided, creating bylaws and um, assigning officers and so forth to actually have a you know official club rather than just uh, 
just kind of like an unofficial group. But um, yeah, took just about the whole semester, just you know, from one thing to another amidst classes, exams, and of course having <laughs> the condition to deal with, which is rather time consuming. But yeah. So what has sort of the response been? You said you had one meeting so far. Right. So I've, um, everybody that I've talked to that has said, well, anybody that I've talked to about it generally has been somebody I think would have been, would be interested, right? Like something's brought up medically uh, and I kind of mentioned, hey, you know, I'm starting this slash have started this, uh, this club that you might benefit from if you wanted to be a part of it. I've got a lot of positive feedback that way from people who, you know, who have just heard about it otherwise have gotten a lot of positive feedback. Just like, hey, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Even when I was, uh, you know, setting up the club with the administration, like they were, they were excited about the idea. They thought, you know, this is, yeah, this is actually a really good idea. You know, most of the time we get people, they, they had told me like most of the time we get people come in here, they want to start like some weird, uh, some weird other club. I think chief, you know, mentioned something about like, like Antifa clubs or something. I don't even know, but he was like, he was thankful that it was something productive. Um, just funny to hear from him, but in any sense, um, yeah, the, so the feedback has been very positive, uh, very receptive. Uh, I already have a pretty sizable list of names of people who are interested, and with the uh, meeting times and everything set up as as they will be uh, here shortly, it should be pretty accommodating and accessible for everybody to attend a meeting at least once every other week, but there will be opportunities once a week. What are your goals with this club, and what do you sort of hope the legacy is with it? Right, so I mean the biggest... The biggest goal of the club is basically to create um, to create a community for people who suffer from medical conditions. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of unnecessary suffering that happens with these conditions because not only can they be, you know, just very damaging and, and ailing, but they're also embarrassing and they're hard to talk about. They're difficult to admit to having or dealing with, um, and a lot of the symptoms can be really embarrassing or you know unfortunate. And so, what I wanted and I've I've dealt with this like I said like for nine years. I know exactly what it's like. I know you know, the feelings and the fear and the anxiety that it, that they can create. And so I just wanted to try and figure out a way that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't alleviate that for other people. Because I've, I've, you know, having had it for so long, I've kind of gotten over a lot of it. I've gotten used to telling people about it. I mean, I have a card in my wallet that says, hey, I need immediate access to, you know, facilities and so forth. Like, I'm, I'm a veteran, if you will. But a lot of people aren't in the same boat. And a lot of people get re- recent diagnoses and so forth. And so I wanted to kind of create a way that they could find support and and comfort and understanding so that they knew that they weren't alone um, in dealing with whatever illness it was. Cause it's, it's any physical illness, right? I mean, it's anything from like chronic migraines to, you know, uh, gastrointestinal issues to um, like heart conditions or, you know, anything that affects your quality of life, even if it is mental and you just want help because maybe you take a prescription for it or something, any kind of medication that might, you know, adjust uh, something physiologically. It's just a place where you can find support and community with that. That's the biggest thing that I wanted to create with the club. Um, that way, you know, if people feel sick or un- are unwell, um, they have a place they can go where people can understand them. It's just like you can tell your friends all day long about, oh, my disease is messing with me. It's doing this or whatever. If they if they haven't gone through it, it's going to be hard for them to understand. But, you know, once you meet somebody who has had it, it's much easier now to say like, oh, like, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what specific kind of food I need to eat, what specific kind of diet I'm on or, you know, the struggles and the and the details of having to deal with it. Um but yeah, that's the main goal. Other goals are like obviously awareness, right? Medical awareness network. I I, uh, I ultimately want to try and educate as much as I can about, um, you know, several of the conditions, especially at, like the more, I mean, they're uncommon illnesses, but the more common of them, right? Like uh, like Crohn's, exact, or, for example, which is, you know, skyrocketing in, uh, in diagnosis rates and so forth over recent years. Um, but like educating the rest of campus and other people who might be interested in about how these diseases work, what they can do and how they can affect people so that everybody can just, you know, nobody's hostile to helping people, but the more understanding they have, the 
I feel like the more patience and uh, you know willingness to sort of help or 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 be patient with these people uh, and those of us who suffer from these illnesses that um, can provide, especially when it comes to like anything related to you know faculty or or schoolwork or otherwise. I mean, even if you know, I know it's not going to carry any like crazy amount of weight but if like i have if i have to like email in on the behalf of the club like hey i can vouch for this person having this illness you know to somebody if they need to make up something or i can you know i can vouch for this having having to be a thing i can explain you know um good ways to accommodate them or otherwise um but yeah awareness would be a huge thing i know we've um we're planning on having like peer and guest speakers if we can so peer speakers obviously being like members themselves, myself or others, you know, just hosting a speaking event that explains a condition or explains maybe a diet or a um, an allergy or something along those lines, as well as guest speakers, right? Like um, through the health center and otherwise bringing in people who um, treat illnesses or maybe who have ex uh, experience with preventing or treating them, things of that nature, just to sort of like, you know, bring this issue, which is growing year by year, uh, more to the forefront and into the you know, conscious of campus so that we're kind of aware of how we can, uh, how we can just make life easier for these people. Because I feel like everyone's willing to, it's just they don't know to, you know. Thank you for coming on, Jake. No, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You have been listening to the Collegian Weekend Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM with your host, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. Some articles that were written this week that we did not get a chance to cover were about the classical job fair that happened today, the new chiropractor at the health center, how local car dealerships are struggling with inventory, and last but not least, the new bed and breakfast near campus. You can find The Collegian on Instagram at hdalecollegian or online at hillsdalecollegian.com. Once again, this has been the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.